is no outrunning 5G, and it's rolling out as we speak. Instead of trying to beat it, I think we need... So we we had something happen, man. Before I go into that, maybe uh maybe I won't even have to talk about it. I don't even know. Before we go into that, we're fucking live on the Facebook, the Twitch, the Periscope. This is the world-renowned Joe Madness show, and that whole ball is back on the mic. Man, it's gonna be a good night, it really is, people. We just had an amazing episode with uh, Mr. Glenn Klein, the coach. Right, living out in Florida right now. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful conversation happening before everybody's eyes. Here's a little hiccup we ran into, though. Right, yeah, just a little bit. Hopefully, he jumps on right now, but. I forgot to tell them that whenever I end this goddamn broadcast, I got to give them another link. I forgot to tell them. So I don't know. Maybe he won't be on. I don't know. I emailed him the link. Hopefully he shows up. But if he doesn't, you know what? We still got to do a fucking show, right? You know, we had some good stuff to talk about, too. He says he's a, uh, a life coach, right? He teaches everybody out there life skills to be able to do beautiful things in life. And one of the things he's talking about on his website, right? We're talking about his website. Where's it at? Where's his fucking website at? Oh, he's coming. There he is. All right. He's coming out. So one of the beautiful things he talks about on his website, talks about that G-spot, right? Talks about G-spots, what he calls a particular tab on his website. And some of the stuff he does, though, he, he gives love advice, though. Not only about sex, but stuff that you should uh, you should do with your partner, right? Maybe you should listen. Maybe you should ask him about their day. Make him a nice cup of tea. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't fucking know, right? Everybody's different. Whatever she wants. Give her a Twinkie, right? Just tell her to chew a little bit. Don't swallow that thing. You might, uh, you might choke. I don't know. Gets a little crazy sometimes. I mean, it is what it is, right? So in a matter of moments, that's what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to have the life coach, Glenn Klein, on the mic for everybody out there to enjoy. 
the bonus episode, right? Why not? Let's do a bonus. Let's get them on for another hour or so, right? Oh, we got another message. Oh, he's coming. <laughs> ah! I don't even know if you caught that, though, but it's the same fucking message. It's the same message, right? I'm just pulling everybody's goddamn dick out here. Just honking it a little bit, you know? Oh, we do got, we got a real message, though. Uh, email didn't come through. All right. Let me go and shoot it out there to him. While we do that, let me throw up uh, a nice little picture or something. What do we got? Oh, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm all right. I'm just going to shoot him a fucking email so we can get him on the mic ASAP, right? That's what we want. Oh, clicked on the wrong thing. Don't you just hate when they put ads in the email slots? Like, who's doing that? Why are you fucking up my life, AOL? I fucking hate you. All right, so here we go. Email sent. Glenn Klein. There you go, brother. And we're back live in your fucking life, everybody. It's a beautiful day in the shitty tone, the 726. It's a hot bitch. I don't know if anybody sees it, though. But here's the fan. Here's the fan, right? Here's the fan. You step outside the shed. What are we, what are we talking about right now? We're talking about a hot bitch in Texas. It's amazing. It's amazing the stuff that you put yourself through to put out a show for entertainment for everybody out to enjoy. We didn't even mention the audio version. They've been left in the... Damn. What kind of a fucking asshole am I? No, I didn't even talk about him. Right? So for the audio version, if you don't already know, we're talking about CoachGlennKlein.com. You can find him out there on the internet. He does his own podcast. I'm sure if you ask him, he'll tell you all about it. He mentioned it in the other episode. Did you get the email? I don't know if you got it in that. You know, while, while he comes on, though, I wanted to do this a little bit later because I love fucking recording. I fucking love it. Let me, let me jump on Facebook real quick. Maybe it'll take him a minute to jump on if, uh, if he doesn't get on soon. We'll do, uh, we'll play a little bit, though. You got it. All right. So let's see here. We love doing the angry listener. I fucking love that segment. And if you guys don't already know, we're doing the soon to come to you. We're doing tarot card readings, right? It's going to be uh, drinking time readings. Drinking time fucking tarot with your madness. I mean, how amazing is that? Who's doing Right? Still waiting on it, right? Podcast promotion. We're going to play a little bit of a podcast. We are talk about it while he, uh, he gumps on, right? He's getting a little Tito fix. You got to love that Tito's. We got anything to play right now. Here we go. 266 comments. We got to have a fucking episode out there. Give me an Apple. Give me an Apple podcast. Who's Apple at? Bunch of anchor. No fucking Apple to be found. Here we go. NL Rally Sport. No idea what that is. It sounds like race cars, maybe. It's the only thing I could find. Right? On short, short, short fucking notice, right? Keeping it cash. 
NL Rally Sport allies over the Netherlands. Oh, fuck it. Let's play the first one. Here's a teaser, though. Here's a teaser. Two minutes. Give him two minutes to jump back, right? Dit is NL Rally Sport Podcast. Ja, wel een bijzondere plek dat we hier in Zoom. Not even English. Go fucking love it. What is this? No idea what's going on. I'm not that smart, right? Apparently that's a podcast, people. If you're interested, right? En uh, bijvoorbeeld heel bijzonder wat, wat boeken van, van WK Rijders van Walter Reurel, die mijn broer in Duitsland heeft laten signeren door Walter. Ja, dat is toch wel heel bijzonder. Ja, heel bijzonder. Ja, en hier liggen eigenlijk allemaal een beetje de... This is what I love to do. Listen to podcasts, give some commentary. Obviously, I don't know what the hell they're saying, but... Maybe it's good, I don't know. Maybe he's talking about how America loves toilet paper. No fucking idea. It's a beautiful thing out there. Where's the love doctor at? Where's he at? Where's he at, coach? Can't even listen to this shit no more. This is crazy. Never thought I would find a podcast. Uh, talking about, hey guys, you guys are uh, in America. But uh, let me go in there and piss you this fucking <laughs> This goddamn podcast. All right. What's the next one? I didn't expect that, though. He kind of threw me out there for a curve, though. I was like, man, I don't I don't know fucking uh, the goddamn language over there. Christine Charles talks racism, drugs, and her faith in God. I already hate it. Let's go and play it, though. Why not? Fuck it. Let's do it. And here we go. Hot fucking mic. Only in the Joe Madden Show, the angry listener. Okay, so welcome to the new My Way of Thinking podcast hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every week. Now, My Way of Thinking, or My What for short, uh, is all about us, amazing human beings. Uh, that all have Human beings. Now, those stories can vary massively. But with the guests I'll be interviewing, you'll always be able to take a little bit of advice or insight into how extraordinary we can all be. Uh, if you want to be a guest, then you can message me on Facebook or Way of Thinking Podcast. What's the simple? Twitter is my way of thinking. But without a G in the end, a free instead. Now, all episodes will be streamed weekly on the usual platforms and also on the YouTube. You hear that? We got a little bit of rain flowing from the sky. Build a really good audience up for this because trust me, I am seriously. Why am I in uh, the garage? Uh, this is where I record it's my salads. Life away from life, right? No people, no crazy mass. We keep it cash, keep it cash. He's working at it. All right. Fantastic I love the garage. It's actually a shed, though. Uh, it's not really a garage. It's kind of ginormous, though. You've got a couple cars in here. What the hell is this? Okay, so welcome. All right, let's skip ahead a little bit. What's going on here? 
How are you? Yeah, yeah. Pleasing. Do you want to get noticed? And I'd brush it aside because I'm no. still deep, 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 deep. Yeah. I'm uh, smoking some crack so, live on the mic. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, some of that black tar, right? Oh, a little bit of everything. I am so in tune today and just, you know, I haven't. Oh, man, I love that. I love that background noise. Fucking amazing. Sounds beautiful. I'm pretty happy with myself. You know, we can always say we're happy with family. I don't know. This is a shitty podcast. You got nothing to say about it. This is a bad one. Two bad ones in a row. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely trash. Voice of India. Who wants to listen to that one? I don't know. Man, I love the rain. I'm fucking lying, people. I fucking hate the rain. You know anything about me? I'm like, yikes. Don't get me lying about it. Fucking hate the goddamn rain. All right, uh, let's see. What do we got? Attaining the big O is a big deal for both sexual partners and sometimes, when it isn't attained during sex, the partner resorts to masturbating to get there. Shall we listen? Why not? It sounds amazing, right? Here we go. We are going to listen to something about sex. Masturbation after sex. Let's loosen up. Sexuality. Uh-oh. Hot fucking mic, 17 minutes. What do they got, though? What do they get? I need some Rocky. I don't know what that is, but it sounds amazing. I love it already. Somebody give me some Rocky A stat. We got rain and podcasts happening right fucking now for everybody out there doing it. Oh man, it's beautiful. It's raining. Raining man. Be like that. Raining vagina. Anything but money, right? Can't get that fucking look. Well, I wanted to kill it, but it's uh, still playing. All right. Stop. And here we go. Coach Klein on the mic. We got him back. He's in your fucking life. There he is. <laughs> yeah. I heard everything you said on my cellular device, but I won't even go into detail. Remember I, in, in our first show, I told you that I suck at most things? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but th- th- this shit I suck at. But anyway, it, it worked eventually. <laughs> What are those people talking about sex? Ah, does anybody call you the love doctor? Do we ever do that? No, I, but my, my IT guy is the doctor of love, though. But I, that's what I call him. The doctor of love. Why is that? Because his initials are DR. And he's cool. all about the love. Man, you guys were meant to be, man. That's why Dude, this is, this is other, how right? long it took. My fucking ice melted in my Tampa Bay Lightning tumbler. Now, now I just got watered down Tito's. What is Tito? Somebody else brought that up the other day. It's vodka, right? Or is it tequila? Yeah, it's from your home state of Texas. It's it's homemade vodka. 
the bomb. Can't do that potato stuff, man. It's craziness. No potato water for you? Yeah. Wait, it's, it's, it's raining like a motherfucker in there in San Antonio. It's beautiful, man. You still got Wi-Fi, though. We're good. Yeah, all good. So tell us about this, uh, this life coaching experience. Walk us through the beautiful experience that your coaching provides. Well, what I ultimately do, people always say, well, what the hell does a life coach do? And I go, I, I don't know what all life coaches do, but what this one does is hopefully cause people and provoke people to think more and to laugh more. Because if you think about it, if you laugh more and you think more, you're probably going to have a better day. And so that's, that's what I do as a life coach. I get just people to think a little bit differently because we know, and this is a cliche, but it's true that the number one cause, or excuse me, that if you're expecting to do uh, things differently and doing them the same way, that's insanity. Uh, better said, if you're expecting different results and you're doing things the same way, that's insane. So I, we're just trying to get people not to be so insane and to laugh about it. Laughter, huge endorphin releaser, incredibly stress, stress manager. What, what they should have been doing in the goddamn pandemic is have some of the great comics of all time on these news channels, and they could have this. They could have been making fun of the scoreboard of death. That, the that, scoreboard of death. Better. Ah, I love it. Scoreboard of death. How many people have died? Any idea? In in the history of the world. Yeah, let's Every start one there. Of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Everyone that has ever been alive that's not alive right now is dead. It's kind of a loaded question, though, right? Because if you believe in reincarnation, then uh, you might be two people at once. It's possible, baby. It is possible. I don't think reincarnation is true, but it might be. Never been there. Never done that. I have a lot of guests on Sex in the Pews that they think that reincarnation is uh, accurate. I don't think so. But uh, I, mean, I couldn't do that show, man. I couldn't do Sex in the Pews. Oh, you'd be good in sex in the future. Because I, be I would, I would have to be like, pews. I'd have to drag it out because there else I wouldn't be able to say it right. You know, well, you did, it's a dilemma just, in its own. You just did fine. <laughs> For now, <laughs> until you fuck it up, right? Until you have your seventh champagne of bottled beers. Hey, champagne. Champagne. So tell me about, uh, tell me about this love stuff, man. You're spreading love. Tell me, what kind of advice you give people out there with love, right? Well, again, what we talked about uh, in the first episode, now that we're in the bonus room, I love to go in the bonus room. Bonus. Jasmine, go to the bonus room. Jasmine, to the bonus room. You ever notice that uh, strip, <laughs> strip DJs, joint DJs, they all sound the same? Man, Jasmine, they all sound Jasmine. The same. To the stripper, to the bonus room, to the main stage. Why is that? Why, why does everybody sound the same? That's because great. Because people like people. People like to be comfortable. So that's that, that's a huge part of uh, my coaching. Is you got to get out of your comfort zone if you're going to move forward. There's only there's basically only two kinds of people that are traveling the earth right now. Ones are flying on the high plane, and clearly you are because you have the high life there. And ones are traveling on the complaint. Most people are traveling on the complaint. And so what I get my people to do is to choose to fly on first class on the high plane, if you will, and to realize that inside of them and everybody else's perfection is the creator of the universe, or as I like to say, God. Because <laughs> why not? 
And actually, the, the new covenant, the new way of thinking, the new economy, if you will, the way that the creator set it up was he decided he was going to take a forever chill pill uh, after the situation in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And he decided, now you guys start creating. Now you're the creator. I've just, Gesundheit, I have de determined that you are all righteous. Before that, humanity was all sin. And now we're righteous, and now we get to create things like the internet and equal rights for LGBTQ folks, and there's no more slavery acceptable in a civilized society, and transgender people with equal rights, and uh, shit like that. Is so, slavery such a bad thing, though? What, what if you just want somebody to just, you know, bring you a, bring you a beer every now and again? I mean, give them some money. Very right? good point, Joe. It's a very good point. Have you ever seen Louis C.K.'s bit about slavery? Man, I love Louis, man. Me that guy's amazing. Yeah, he's I, mean, I don't know. Remind me, though. Give me a refresher. He just he, he does a bit that he says there's two categories that go on in his brain. One is, of course, of course. And then the other category is, but maybe. And just, go, just Google that shit, you guys. Louis C.K. on, of course, but maybe. So he, he runs through a thing, a bunch of things. And one of them is, of course, slavery is the worst thing that human beings have ever done to each other. But maybe it's the way that things get done. You, you reference the Chinese slaves that built the railroads. He, sa he, sa he says, if you throw enough pain and suffering at people, it's amazing what we can accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what oh, people I were saying, though. They were saying that, that since they basically built America, that doing the rights. I, you, you cut out there. The, the rain is having its intended effect in uh, San Antonio. Can you but, hear me well, now? I, I could hear you, but it just it just broke up. Oh, okay. All right. So I was just basically saying that everybody out there was saying that since the consensus is that the black community over the years have built America, right, from the ground to the bottom through slavery, then it's only appropriate that they tear it down through the rights. Well, I don't think so at all. But let me uh, just address Tom, who asked if the life coaching involves relationship coaching. That's what I do, actually. That's that's my expertise. Uh, Joe or Tom, just go to CoachGlenKlein.com and you'll see. I mean, just you can contact me that way if you're interested. So anyway, uh, yeah, I could not be more against the tearing down of the statues, and because I'm all about more information, not less. What they should be doing is making more statues. You put a statue next to Columbus. There's so many Columbus statues. Every place in the country should have a statue. Uh, in honor of the indigenous peoples. And then how about a video lesson about how Columbus went from such a hero that we found out that he was a genocidal nut job, religious nut job, Woo! and why why America honored him so much. And then, uh, and, and here are the people that he fucked over. Here's what happened to the native people. And uh, let's just add to history. You don't want to pull down history. You want to add to it. So next to the Confederate generals, and the Confederate statues, you put statues to Harriet Tubman or to Martin Luther King Jr. or to Malcolm X and say, here's where we were. This is why the military bases were named after Confederate uh, military heroes that, that they would call heroes, because we were. this is where we were. But it's like this. Pete Rowe should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. And then you have a section in the Hall. The Hall of Fame is a museum. It's not like all these guys were saints. Ty Cobb was an out-and-out -out racist, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Pete Rose bet on baseball games, including the Cincinnati Reds. So he fucked up. 
So have a section about here's what we have. You know, they talk about it, performance enhancement drugs. They used to have what they called greenies. They were uh, amphetamines, just bowls of these things. The players would pop like candy. You don't think that helped their uh, performance a little bit? So more information, more knowledge, more history, not less. And we have a shared history. It includes slavery. It includes a civil war. It includes persecution of black people and women and people uh, of the LGBTQ community, the Irish, the Chinese. There's a lot of fucked up shit. Our founding fathers, except for John Adams, were slave owners. That made them good people in that, in that time. Or they could have been good people. But they were wrong about that. I mean, FDR, we know that FDR was an out-and-out anti-Semite now. Are they going to tear his statue down, sitting there in his wheelchair? Nope. Why? Because he's a Democrat and because he's a socialist hero. But but FDR did a lot of great things. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson was a racist. Martin Luther King was a womanizer. Oh, my God. We should honor that guy. No, listen, we're perfect on the inside. The manifestation of it isn't perfect, obviously. Hello. If, if you're going to honor anybody, you're going to be honoring imperfect people, including MLK, including Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln was the most, the closest thing we ever had to a dictator. He fucking suspended the writ of habeas corpus. He, anybody could be arrested. And he knew it and is portrayed beautifully by Daniel Day-Lewis in the movie about Lincoln that was based on Doris Kearns Goodwin's book, A Team of Rivals, about Lincoln's cabinet. It's an amazing movie. I watched that thing a hundred times. And, and Lincoln knew that he might have been skirting the law and the Constitution. That's why he wanted the 13th Amendment to be passed so badly, because he knew that they could go back after his War Powers Acts were over and say, no, nah, Lincoln didn't have the right to do it. Slaves, back you go. So nobody's perfect on the outside. Except for you, Joe Madness, of course. That is the most perfect beard I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And uh, oh man, I, I'm just trying to listen. Rain pants a little bit. I was expecting maybe a sprinkle, but it gets a little crazy in Texas. That's what she said. Think about it. Referencing the golden showers again. Man, you gotta love golden showers though. The, the stuff that people come up with when they're bored, right? Or turned on. What are the other? Tell us about, how do you save your marriage, Mr. Coates? How do you do that? They figured out the number one cause of divorce. You ready? Marriage. The number one cause of divorce is marriage. So I always tell people, do you want to get divorced? And they say no. And I say, well, then don't get married. You won't get divorced. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, marriage is, uh, it takes two to tango. And if... Most of the problems historically since the women's rights movement came into being were uh, because the men, have, we have not evolved as a gender. Women have. I mean, women don't need, I'm amazed there's any straight women left out there. I mean, they don't need us anymore. It just shows the biological imperative and desire for the dick. They don't need us. They don't need us for sex. They don't need us for money. They don't need us to procreate. They just go to a goddamn sperm bank. But they still want the dick. They want the real thing. Well, the women have. What's that? Man, it is storming like crazy outside. Well, we still have signal. Wow. Women do not need men, though. 
That, that's, no, that's but, they, not but even... they still want us. They still want us. That's amazing. That, that, that speaks to the biological draw uh, to mate and to uh, have tab A going to slot B. What? So, what yeah, do you think that I mean, they you, want you, us, you, There's no marriage that can be saved if both parties aren't willing to change. And I, I'm not saying change internally. They are who they are. But to change their modalities. Because... To keep doing things the same way and expecting different results is insane. So I've developed uh, Coach Glenn's six pillars for a potentially long-term successful relationship. And I actually just re-recorded it. Uh, it'll be on Sex in the Pews a uh, week from Monday. And uh, with Kirstie Carell, my executive administrator, who's amazing. But for right now, if uh, I die before we, we, we download that a week from Monday, uh, it's episode 70 on sex in the pews coach glenn's six pillars you gotta have six things in my opinion uh in line to have even a chance in hell of having a long-term successful monogamous relationship exclusive marriage whatever the hell you want to call it but one of them is to be open in your relationship because as soon you talk about slavery as soon as you take possession of another person's genitalia that's a problem because we, wow oh yes oh yes kirstie that's Kersey Carell's famous line. Oh, yes. Man, that, that's a powerful statement, though. As soon as you take possession, right, ownership of it, then what are you doing, right? Yeah, you're fucked. And uh, that, see, now it used to be when men, was, when men were in control, which we're not anymore, there was always a power struggle between men and women. But when men were, like, dominating just because of our physical strength over women and out of our insecurity, we were projecting our insecurity on women and keeping them subjugated. Uh, then everything was hunky-dory because guys could just backhand their women and have a tail on the side. And nobody, I mean, everybody did. I mean, everybody did pretty much if you were healthy. And women couldn't do anything about it. But then the freedom that is in all of our hearts started manifesting not only in women's minds, but also guys who understood this is not effective. This is not good for society to have women be slaves and chattel our property. And so women got their freedom. Men haven't adjusted to the new reality. You talk about a new normal. <laughs> we haven't done this yet. That's why I have a job. So I teach guys how to deal with women in 2020. You stand a fighting chance if you understand what makes women tick. Just go to my other site. It's called lifeandpleasurecoaching.com. Life and Pleasure Coaching. I've got a 30-minute free seminar called Understanding Women in a Toxic-Free Masculinity. And, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you got to understand women. Women don't think the way we do. Women and men think exactly the opposite. Really? So for example, survey after survey, men, what do you find attractive in women? Tits and ass, sexiness, physical wow. fitness, all the time. Women, what do you find attractive in men? 100% across the board, confidence, ambition sense of humor. That's why you will see literally ugly dudes with hot ass women all the time. But you'll never see a good looking guy with an ugly woman. Ever, almost ever. What's a good looking guy though? I mean, eh, you know, it's okay, up Are you here, looking right? yourself on the screen, Joe Man? There's a good looking guy right there. That's you. You're, 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 you, you look like Russell Brand a little bit. How many times have you been told that? Oh, it happened just now. Just a matter of seconds ago. <laughs> How many times in your life have people said you look like Russell Brand? I've been told I look like that uh, that Asian dude from uh, the uh, the fucking Lincoln Park one, right? The one that kind of looks Latino. What are you? 
my parents are from Mexico, and uh, I got got some ancestry from uh, the UK. You definitely sound like you've had some New York or New Jersey influence in your in your. Man, accent, when though. I was growing up, brother, I I decided I'm going to shape myself to be whatever I want it to be. And the one thing I loved about myself from day one was my voice. And I listened to so many voices, and it just became me. You know what That's I mean? You. This is what comes out. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. That, that, you see, women find that attractive. Authenticity. Confidence. And then we, ju- we judge each other. Oh, women think men are pigs, men are dogs, and they want to fuck everything. Uh, sorry, <laughs> ladies. That just you want, you, you want your boyfriend. You want your husband to fuck somebody else. I mean, not to fuck them, but to want to, because that means they're healthy. Most guys, you want to hear a statistic that's incredible? Most What's married that? couples, uh, the, the, the majority of married couples that have been together 10 years or more, on average, have sex four times a year. That's the average. Wow. Which means, which means most married couples that have been together for a long time, they're not having sex, at least not with each other. So there's something wrong here. I went to, uh, when, when I got divorced, I'm very close with my former, and uh, we just ought not be married, so we're not. But in Florida, as a sop to the religious right, they make you go to divorce class. They literally call it divorce class. Wow. Because in Christianity, divorce is a sin. Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> uh, as far as the creator is concerned, there is no more sin. The Ten Commandments, and by the way, there were 613 commandments that were given by God, not just 10. And it's all been done away with. There's no sin. Not as far as we can sin against each other, but we can do we can harm each other. Obviously, we do. We harm ourselves. But as far as God is concerned, there's no sin. But Christianity's fucked up, so they have you go to divorce class to try to slow the process down. If you have children, you go to divorce class, which my wife Dawn and I went. And we were only two couples representing 50 families, or everybody else was the women, the wives, the mothers. Now, that's a problem right there. Guys are not manning up. That's one of the things I do is teach guys how to man up. So the instructor gets up to these 50 women and two men, 52 women, I guess, and said 58% of first marriages ended divorce, 70% of second marriages ended divorce, and 90% of third marriages ended divorce. And he said, Houston, we have a problem. That's and, a lot. That's a big and, number. And, well, you know, people just aren't as committed as they used to be. It's got nothing to do with commitment. It's the fact that women got their equal rights. They don't need us anymore. And so men have not adjusted the, to their a reality. Bit, right? A little bit, maybe? No? Are you, they don't need us. <laughs> Amazingly, there's still straight women out there. They still want us. But most guys don't know how to be a true man in the 21st century. They're pussies. If a woman's straight, she don't want a pussy. She's already got one. She don't need another pussy in her life. And most, and most women are attracted to the confidence, and that you, you've heard this before, women want to go want the bad boys. Well, a lot of the so-called bad boys are actually as insecure as the pussies, but they put on this faux masculinity, this counterfeit macho thing, and then as soon as the women get them, they start pushing our buttons. In the dating world, they call it shit testing. It's a biological imperative for women 
They're literally seeing if you're worthy of their womb. This wow. Has been, yeah, this has been handed down. Now, I teach my guys how to deal with the shit test. They're, it's, they're, they're going to come, and, they're, and sometimes it's extreme. Some women literally will cut off their guys' dicks while they're sleeping. We've heard about You ever hear of Lorena Bobbitt and John Wayne Bobbitt? Yep. She literally cut off his dick. But all women want to, at least subconsciously. I mean, that can't be a test, though. That's crazy, right? That's a, That was a serious test. And then he had to get in the car and find his dick, and they reattached it, and then he did a photo shoot for Playgirl. <laughs> Apparently, they did a very good job reattaching it. These things that I say, Joe uh, Madness, are generally true. They're not specifically true. There's exceptions to every rule. But if you go with the general truths, whether it be about relationships or about dealing with the pandemic, uh, that's why I wrote the book, because there's general truths in there about how to deal effectively with any crises. So if you deal with generalities like I do, you're going to do better. And there's generally rules to a potentially successful long-term relationship. And the number one rule is men and women don't think alike. And so women are attracted to the bad boys. They're shit testing them. They're trying to get them to, frankly, be emasculated because we all want what we don't have. Women don't have testicles, so they want ours. And so you got to learn how to protect your testicles while being a gentleman and being uh, upstanding. What I call being a true dick. I, I, in, in Sex in the Pews, in our, our, our sex podcast, we have redeemed the terms dick and cunt. All you need to know about how fucked up our society is about sex is the worst thing you can say about a woman. The worst is she's a cunt. Wow. Is he's it? a dick. The, the, the two things that bring life and pleasure to our lives are the worst things you can say about somebody. So I thought it was a bad shit. mom, though. We, we've redeemed. Pardon me? Being a bad mom, though, isn't that one? Be, well, I mean, there's a lot of bad moms, but there's not, a lot of people don't say she's a cunt because she's a bad mom. <laughs> so we've, retur- <laughs> we've redeemed the term dick and cunt. And to be a true working dick, there's only basically two purposes of a dick. It's to bring life and pleasure. But a dick is hard if it's working. It's firm. It's potent. It's penetrating. This guy. Well positioned. It knows when to go in and when to come out. And it's polite. And it because it's not a rapist, it's bringing life and pleasure. And so we teach guys how to be true dicks or true alpha males, true masculine, toxic-free masculine men. And that's a beautiful thing. And it, it's happening all over the world. Life and pleasure coaching is that free video uh, seminar that you could you could see. Life how many, how many guys have you taught this, the magicalness that you call sex oh, and pleasure? Th- thousands, thousands, tens of thousands. Because of, because of the internet. This is what we wow, talk about. there's so many guys coming to you and just being like, hey, I need, I need help with this. What's the yeah. number one question you get? I, they say, I don't understand my woman. <laughs> what, 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 what's going on between her ears? So I teach them. I don't know much. I, I, you know how hard it was for me to get back on this thing because I was fucking up. But this, I, but you know, people always say I don't understand men. I don't understand women. Women don't even understand themselves because I was mentored in all this by women primarily. I understand women. My biggest mentor in this was a woman named Sherry Ford, Madam Sherry Ford. Madam. Yeah, she was a madam from Vegas. Really smart woman. She, uh, she passed a number of years ago, unfortunately. But she is the one that really laid the foundation. I also also had on my show, we were doing a, a show in Tampa um, called The Madam and the Minister because she was a former madam and I was a former minister. I referenced that earlier in the first episode. Aren't but, you an atheist, though? 
no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm a righteousness. I'm just, I, no, I think I, I know there, there's a creator. I know there's a creator. I'm pretty sure you mentioned you were an atheist, though. I mean, did no, I? No, 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 no. I was when I was a kid. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And that that was a few uh, Miller lights ago or Miller uh, highlights ago. That's that's fair enough. But uh, no, I was no. I, I I'm absolutely convinced that there's anything that, that I know. I know there's a creator because it's just logical. Where there's a creation, somebody made that beer can that you're drinking out of, Joe. I'm you ask you, you ask anybody who's even a died in the wool atheist. Did somebody make that? Well, like, yeah, somebody made that. Then <laughs> you go, do you know him? No. Have you ever met him? No. Have you ever heard their voice? Do you know where they came from? Do you know anything about them? No. Only my sleep, right? Only my but, sleep. But did somebody make that beer can? Yeah. Why? Because it's got form and substance. It's got utility. Well, everything is based on the way the universe works. And just because we don't know everything, it doesn't make a difference to say that, well, it's logical. And if there is a creator, and I think there is, did the creator leave us some clues as to what at least some of the purpose is here on the planet. And what I think that the primary purpose is to spread the love and to enjoy life and pleasure and to overcome our natural tendency to be selfish and negative and d d divisive and hateful and genocidal and shit like that. Isn't that some of the fun stuff in life though? This kind of free though, right? I mean, you can kind of see the point a little bit when you, whenever you drop all that stuff all in one little nicely package, you know? With a little bow tie on it and everything. Little what, about, what about it being free? I'm saying it's, it's probably one of the most pleasurable things in life that a lot of people maybe have not experienced, though. Right? I mean, we don't know. I mean, have you ever What's killed that? anybody? Just, I don't know, just straight up just murdering somebody. Maybe it feels <laughs> great. Maybe it feels did, awesome. Dude, did you ever see Louis C.K.'s thing about murder? Which one? Go and well, tell just, me you guys, just go watch his HBO special, Oh My God, the whole thing. That's his thing on murder, his thing about of Is course, it a new one? No, this was from before all the shit went down when when he got yeah. me too. Uh but I'm telling you it's it's unbelievable that that uh special. And yeah, so he he said, you know, like if he said the reason we need laws against murder is because if we didn't, everybody would murder. He goes, in fact, you wouldn't trust somebody that didn't murder a little bit. <laughs> it's just it's just is really really funny. It's, uh, it's I just, love that it's bit dark. where he just starts the show and he's talking about all the dead people that have ever existed. And he's like, everybody around, most people are dead. He starts naming all these guys and you're like, wow, none of it makes any sense, but it's fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. No, he's 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 a genius and he really should have hired me. Uh, he did a great job in his apology. He didn't make any excuses. He said, I'm going away. He lost $35 million in one day when all this shit went down. We deal in sex with views. We deal though? a lot with the Me Too movement, but he what should have hired me because his re-entrance into popular culture was not effective at all. He wasn't he, he wasn't under good coaching at that point. But he's I, I still love the guy. It's like, are we allowed to listen to Michael Jackson music anymore because of what the, what all that shit that, that guy did? I don't think anybody cares. They just ignore it, right? All right well, no. Then that, then Oprah Winfrey did that uh, documentary and that really revealed a lot. I still enjoy his music. I mean, the guy was a pedophile and it was awful what he did, but he was still a brilliant artist. I mean, Let if, me you, if, you, if you're only going to enjoy the art or the life coaching or a podcast of perfect people, just go fucking live in a cave because you ain't going to enjoy anything though. Can you, can you help a pedophile come back from getting ousted? Can you do that? Um, 
I think I could help a pedophile, but pedophilia, we found out um, through a circumstance, a friend of mine's daughter was molested by her brother-in-law, so my friend's son-in-law, from the time she was seven till 15. And then she told him when she was 18, and he had his son-in-law, who he loves, had him prosecuted, and the guy pled guilty, and he went to prison for a number of years, and he's a sex offender. And during the research about pedophilia, what we found out is pe pedophilia is a sexual orientation, just like gay, just like straight, just wow. like I, just like tribe. Never thought of it that way. Never yeah. thought and of so, it that way. And so uh, religion and control and government has made pedophilia worse, in my opinion. Because back in the day, if you were attracted to younger people, you could get married at 13. You could, you could, you know, you ever, you ever, you ever, you know, the Jerry Lee Lewis story. He married his cousin at 13 years old. And in the Dennis Quaid uh, portrayal of Jerry Lee Lewis, you could see how it was feasible. I mean, she was 13, but she looked, you know, 18 or 20. It was, um, who played uh, his wife? Who was the actress that got caught shoplifting? She was oh. just a. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, she was. She's a great. Uh, um, uh, Stranger shit. Things. Yeah. Uh, Renona Winona Ryder. There you go. And you could see how that was feasible. But now, if you have sex with somebody that is a day short of of 18, and you're yeah. over 18, you can be charged with statutory rape. So, in in their minds, without maybe thinking consciously about it, I was like, listen, I'm attracted to younger people, and it's got nothing to do with hetero or homosexual. It's, it's a separate thing. I'm attracted to younger women or younger boys, and but I don't want to do anything, but I don't want to get caught, and they're pulled to that. So I'm not going to go for the 15-year-olds or the 13-year-olds. I'll go where it's easy, to the 7-year-olds and the 6-year-olds. There's, there, there's more to this than meets the eye. Obviously, when an adult has sex with a child, that is rape, and because the child can't say no. So what we're about in Sex and the Pews is safe, as safe as it can be, and consensual. And you can't have consensuality, but I know without a doubt our societal policy and religion has made a bad situation worse. Could I help somebody who's a pedophilia or a pedophile? I can help them make sure that they know that they're perfect, righteous, holy, sinless, no matter what they do. And even if they continue to be attracted to prepubescent kids and can't control themselves, uh, in, in their attraction, Ooh. I think that I think that they could control themselves in their behavior, and then they wouldn't go to jail and be castrated. You know, I, like I kind of feel like we we have some type of con This is why I'm telling you this. I'm a, a few years ago, I've only been doing this podcasting thing three years, right? Next month. Now, when I started Happy anniversary. Off, right? Congratulations to the Joe Madness Show. Now, I did an episode where I talked about pedophilia in a different light kind of like with these people they they don't have no way of just getting help though because if they say hey hey come here right and they're like talking to somebody and they're like i got a problem about it the number one thing people are going to do is have that pitchfork mentality where they're going to want to hang them to the wrongs right they're going to want to do like jesus style maybe uh maybe lynch them i mean your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I don't agree with the way they think. I really don't. I don't understand. But the reality of the situation, though, there is no help for these people. Nowhere to be found. So everything is driven underground. 
Then we have human sex slave trafficking <clears throat> that is rampant. And nobody even considered that. Let, let's put masks on all the kids so we can't even tell who they are. That's a good idea. Human sex slave trafficking has exploded during the pandemic because oh, yeah, they have trapped day. them and they stick a mask on them. You can take them anywhere. I mean, this, this situation, that's why I wrote the book, man. I just, I just, it's so frustrating. And I have to do the meditation work just to keep myself centered because you could really get upset <laughs> if you think about what's going on. And God damn it, we can't even go to a goddamn baseball game. Well, here's the thing, though. You talk about getting upset, though. But, I mean, I like to call them the normies, right? They're just the sheeple, as you will. They don't have that veil pulled over their head. They're still thinking that Disney's beautiful. They're still thinking that thousands and thousands of kids getting, uh, I don't know, ripped from somewhere. I don't know where. They're getting ripped away from their families. They're still thinking that that's not reality. And then, meanwhile, you got people on Facebook. You see it all the time. Parents are like, I, I talked to the cops. I, uh, I did the post because they're not doing nothing. And people are just ridiculing them. them out. They're like, you know what? It was your fault. How, well, I mean, what are you going to do? You're walking. And then, I mean, everybody's done it that has a kid. You see them casually walking away a couple feet away. And as soon as it happens, somebody's running up. They're snatching them. And you don't know where the hell they're going. Well, we did a show on Sex in the Pews about this because we have two major charitable arms of our parent company, which is called Life and Pleasure Communications. And one is to combat human sex slave trafficking. The other is to combat uh, genital mutilation, both uh, for men and women. Well, what? Boys, boys well, what is that? What are you talking well, about? Well, let's, like let's, Michael let's, Jackson? Let's, let's, let's finish with this one first. So, uh, but we did a, a, a really powerful episode with a spokesman from Selah Foundation, which helps combat human sex slave trafficking. And most of the kids that are abducted are from people they know. And they have a process that they lure them in. And they're kids that are lost and that don't feel like anybody understands them. Now, it, it, it does happen that they meet some of these kids at convenience stores uh, or malls and stuff. And then they start to draw them in. They give them things. They look what kind of nice life you could have if you just are my friend. And they're like recruiters. And so, yeah, I mean, our youngest daughter was definitely a prime candidate. We had five, and then we adopted uh, Gracie. And when she was 16, she started getting into the, the spice, you know, the spice, the bath salts. It's like They call it synthetic marijuana. Oh, up. yeah. We didn't know it was fucked up. And so <laughs> she got in a lot of trouble and got very sick. And it expedited what ended up being schizophrenia. And wow. so when, when she was 16 years old and on the streets, I mean, she was a prime candidate. And that's how I started learning about human sex slave trafficking. Fortunately, uh, she got the help she needed. She's in a group home now. And she's doing, you know, as good as she's going to do battling schizophrenia. But, uh, yeah, this is a real thing, you guys. And get, like I said before, information is power. Get yourself some knowledge. And, and, and don't, don't walk in fear about it. Walk empowered by your knowledge and so that you're talking. If you have an adult male hanging around your sons or daughters that just came out of the blue and all of a sudden they're best buddies, that's a red flag. Believe me. And you should really look into that person and maybe not even allow your son or daughter to hang around with him. And it's almost always a male. Sometimes they're females, but most of the time these guys... Uh, lure young boys and girls into situations because for whatever reason uh, they're not feeling 
uh, loved or supported or provided for at home. And this guy steps in the void and all of a sudden, man, the kids go missing. It's, it, it, it's, it's unbelievably tragic. It is, it is ridiculous. I don't understand how this happens. I don't know why, but it's a real thing that everybody <laughs> should take notice and ask them questions that are uncomfortable because yeah. if we don't ask the questions. We don't have a conversation about it. It's going to keep happening. No doubt about it. Yeah, I was, I was molested at summer camp when I was nine years old at the summer camp that I eventually bought. And I was nine years old. And I came home, I had bruises all over my body uh, from the, where the, this counselor probably was 18 or 19. I was nine. I was fully mature at nine years old. I went through puberty early. And I went home with bruises all over my body. This was a long time ago. This was freaking 50, half a century ago. And my folks said, what happened? And I told them what happened. And they didn't do shit about it. They didn't call the camp. They didn't call the police. Because that's how people dealt, even, even today. Because, see, what parents think subconsciously, they want everything to be perfect for their kids. And if something happens to their kids, they think, again, subconsciously, that that reflects poorly upon them as a parent. You guys, it doesn't. Shit is going to happen. If you're going to be an involved parent, children are like fine china, Joe. And you can only do three things with fine china. You can put it away. You get it for your wedding. You put it away. You never touch it. It's going to survive. It's not going to get chipped. It's not going to get destroyed. You can look at it. Or if you're going to use the fine china, as we have in our family, at our family dinners, eventually some of the fine china is going to get a little chipped because you're handling it. You're, you're, you're engaged with that fine china. What you don't want to happen to the fine china is to drop it and have it shattered. So if you're going to be an involved parent, the best you can hope for is you're going to chip your kids a little bit. But you now, don't coach. want them shattered. That's the thing. And the way to do that is to get good information. There's, there's strategies for good parenting. You need both the unconditional love and a lot of great memories, but the kids need discipline. And parents don't want to discipline their kids anymore because it's a hassle. They'd rather just put them in front of their device or the TV. And uh, then you have a thing called helicopter parents, which I talk about in early wake-up call. This is one of the reasons that people freaked out so much. Because nothing bad can happen to my kids. Nothing bad can happen to me. There, there's no losers. Everybody's got to feel good about their lives. We're going to get participation trophies. We're going to have safe spaces and colleges. Nobody should ever be challenged. Oh, my God. Wow. Let me <laughs> ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Yes, sir. I got a couple questions, right? All right. I got a couple <clears throat> answers, probably. All right. I'm going to ask you, man, all at the same time, because you got a, a beautiful memory. You retain so much information. And I, I don't even have to bring nothing up because it's, you it's, can it's, ramble. It's, it's, it's the fucking potato water. Keep I'm it going. You. It's a lubricant. So what kind of numbers are we talking about as far as molestation, though? Because, uh, you know, everybody out there, they, they have a I've been molested story, unfortunately. It seems like everybody, right? Everybody. Do you, do, you, come do you have one? Do you have one? I got, I got a few, unfortunately. Okay, now, so, all right, so here, where there's two guys. Wait, hold on, on hold on. Let me ask you the other question. Let me ask sure. you the other one. And the, the other question, though, are you are you a homosexual? Are you what you what you would consider a teddy bear? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, I'm as queer as a $3 bill. Well, there you go. Everybody out there that was wondering, I know there's going to be somebody out there wondering. 
no, no, no. Actually, I know. Actually, I, I, I love women. And uh, but I decided on Sex of the Pews when I found out, you know, it's LGBTQ. So it's lesbian. I was fucking with you. I mean, ain't no. No, wait, since you asked. Lesbian, <laughs> gay, bisexual, transgender, BTQ, queer. And the way they're defining queer is people are open to anything. They're, it doesn't make a difference how the person identifies. So out of just out of principle, out of being an ally for the LGBTQ community, I decided I'm queer. But no, I, 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 I this is like the good news, bad news. The the bad news or the good news is that I love women. The bad news is that I love women because <laughs> they are good and asshole. So no, no, I've had the most beautiful women on the planet, but I'm open to anything because I'm not prejudiced. I hate prejudice. So I won't prejudge a situation. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty hetero, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm open. Always. <laughs> Fuck that oh, shit. man. What are you going to do, right? Like, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. What's the other question I asked you, right? Like, what, what are the numbers? The, 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 the molestation? molestation numbers, we don't know because so much doesn't get reported. My folks didn't report. And the, <laughs> the, the, the statistic is that one in three women are raped or molested. I think that's way low. I think. Did you hold that anger, though? Did you hold it in? The answer to like your yes or no question. Right? Okay, so yes yes no I was pissed for a long time. All right. And I definitely had daddy issues uh, until about 10 years ago. Went through the meditative process, I got over it. Uh, wow. My dad, is, uh, my dad is an amazing man. But at that moment, the, the thing that hurt worse than the molestation was that my folks didn't have my back. And they never said a goddamn word about it. And then when I, I bought that summer camp, and then when I owned the camp, the guy who molested me came back and visited. And I... I when I owned that camp in northern Wisconsin, I used to welcome the alumni because I am one of them. And I just it just was in my heart to do so. I roll out the red carpet and I had to make a choice at that point. And this was a long time ago, but I chose to treat him with respect. I never brought up anything. He and his wife and his two daughters came to visit. He had a friend who was working for me who was a counselor when I was a, a kid. And they, he came back and visited. And I chose at the time not to confront him. I don't. I if I had to do it again, I would confront him now. But I didn't know what but to you, say. You never did, though. You never. I did. never confronted him. And and guess what he does for or did for a living? I don't. I don't know if he's still alive or not. Ready how the this? hell do you laugh about it, though? I'm glad you said. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how you can laugh about it. Uh, here, here's what he was. His name is John. I won't give his last name, but I, I should, but I won't. But he, he, he here's his it was his career path. He was a priest. He was an Episcopalian priest. There's a shocker. Here's how you laugh about trauma, you guys. It's how Mel Brooks made incredibly hilarious movies about Hitler and the Nazis. You laugh about it by doing the meditation work. You are able. You you know somebody's over the trauma of a situation when they can find the humor in it. And it's you got to admit it's pretty fucking funny that this molester was in fact a priest. And uh, at least it's funny to me. And so you think, well, how can you laugh about it? Well, how can Louis C.K. make jokes about the Chinese being thrown into the tunnels to blow, blow them up to make uh, fucking uh, the, the railroad? Or how can he laugh about slavery? And, and then, you know, when people make a joke, they always say, too soon? Too soon? Yeah. Well, we're going to laugh about it eventually. And that, was, that was half a century ago. It's not too soon for me to laugh about. And by the way, those type of experiences that we all have, what you experienced, Joe, what, we, what you guys that are watching right now have experienced, that's what made you the person you are. You survived that shit. It's, it, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 
it's not totally true. It depends on how you yeah. respond to the shit. But generally speaking, here's a general statement. If you survive it and you have a right attitude about it, it will make you stronger. And that shit and many other things uh, made me stronger. I, I was diagnosed when I was 40 years old with bipolar syndrome. I never knew I had bipolar. Doesn't and everybody, I, though? I mean, eh, no, I no, everybody yeah. does not have bipolar syndrome. I could have been the poster boy for it, but I didn't know I had it. And I had it my whole life, and it just got worse and worse and worse as diseases that are undiagnosed and untreated will. And I went to the psychi <laughs> psychiatric group and all the fucking psychos or um, uh, what do they call those drugs? Uh, just the fucking um, the, 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 pharma the pharmaceuticals. And, and it, 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 just pharma, about yeah. it just about killed me. It, the psychotropic drugs just about killed me. Every single one of the side effects I had, including increased thoughts of suicide. So I went through two rounds of that. It backed off a bit. And then I thought, all right, now what? But then I stumbled into that meditative process that I won't go into detail now because we talked about it in the first episode. And that, it just showed up one day. I'm not bipolar anymore. I don't swing. Now, do I get depressed sometimes? Yeah, everybody gets the blues. Do I get manic sometimes? Yeah, everybody gets manic. But people that suffer from bipolar syndrome flip. And most of them flip on a dime. They could be like <clears> positive <throat> and energetic. And then the next second, they're comatose. That's 75% of the people. 25% were like me, seasonal. Seasonal depression was huge. When there'd be less sun, um, I'd be exhausted. I'd have, I'd have long seasons. But I haven't uh, flipped and done the bipolar thing in many, many years. And it's all because of, it's got nothing to do with me. I would never hold myself up as a role model. But I will hold up modalities that not only that I found successful, but that uh, my clients and my That's a crazy about. thing, though, role models. I mean, yeah, man, I don't even know what to say about that because, I mean, you look at people's role models and then they tell you about them. You're looking them in the eye and then you're like, why? And then you look at your own and you look at everybody else's and you're like, man, everybody's just fucked. On so many levels. <laughs> They're so true. There's a great Jewish term. It's called mishigas. And it basically means issues. And I, I, I love to say this. Everybody's got their mishigas. Everybody. I, I love, remember when Charles Barkley, when he was still playing basketball, they were like, well, you know, aren't you a role model? He's, he's like, fuck, no, I'm not a role model. I'm a basketball <laughs> player. Parents, you be the role model for your kids. Just leave me alone. I want to go gambling. That's a lot of pressure, man. Shit. That's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. I mean, could you imagine, I mean, are you a role model with somebody out there? Anybody? Uh, I hope not. Here's what they go like. Oh, coach, you're, you, you, you coach on nutrition and you coach on health and you, you're smoking cigarettes? Yeah. Don't do what I do, kids. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, though, right? I mean, the things that we can do. I mean, you could be anybody you want in America, right? Well, I mean, we, that, that, that might have been the thing. case at one time. Yeah, I don't know about it anymore. Well, let me tell you why, though. Because, I mean, essentially, you can do whatever the hell you want to do, but then whatever your expertise is, whatever your knowledge is about, is the same thing you just said. Don't do what I'm doing. Let me tell you how to do it, though, right? If you want to do it the right way. Yeah, I, I don't, don't start smoking. I, you ready for this? I started smoking. I used to hate smoking my entire life until I was 40. I started smoking when I was 42. I was talking to a... Uh, hypnotist, a, a hypnotherapist who's going to help wow. me with smoking, I think. And she, she said, tell me your story. I said, I started smoking at 42. This is, she's been doing it for decades, helping people. She's got a 96% success rate, she says, in helping people get off tobacco. And she said, tell me your story. I said, I started smoking at 42. 
And she said, I've never heard that before. And I said, well, you'll never be able to say that again. Yeah, I started smoking cigarettes at 42 because I was hitting on a woman who worked for me and she smoked. And so, you know, I'm a gentleman. I would go and, you know, her you smoke break, I would go. And so she, she'd give me a Marlboro light and I would go like this. I wouldn't inhale it. <coughs> and she was from Tennessee and she goes, why aren't you inhaling those things? You're wasting them. And I said, well, I smoke like a cigar. I don't, you know, I don't really smoke. And oh, so she man. literally shamed me into inhaling and becoming addicted to nicotine. And so I, instead of having marbles, you know, they, they put hundreds of chemicals in that shit. So I do the American spirit. I've turned so many people onto American spirit or smokers. It's, or, oh it's organic gosh. tobacco. There's nothing in them. There's no poisons in them except for the tar and nicotine, which is plenty bad. Get the but fuck I, out of here, man. Get the That's fuck the nastiest smoke you got. Oh, man. dude. You know what? The people that smoke the bullshit, the camels and the marbles and all that, they hate them because it just pure asbestos. The, the, the crust asbestos. It tastes like whatever they put in the ceiling for insulation. I mean, <laughs> it, it's crazy. I don't know. You got yeah. stars. Listen, let me tell you something. People were smoking tobacco. The, the natives were smoking tobacco for hundreds and hundreds of years. The lung cancer didn't show up until the 50s when they started adding the bullshit into them, big tobacco. And yeah, then they get they get you hooked. It's because it's not just the nicotine that gets you hooked. It's all the formaldehyde and all the other poisons that are in there. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll quit smoking eventually. And uh, then I'll be done. Maybe that's why people do meth, right? I mean, it's, it's all like, what's in my sink? Let's make a cocktail out of it, right? Let's make meth. some glass and smoke it. Did you, you ever watch uh, Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. Who hasn't watched it? Well, you'd be surprised. Breaking Bad, boy. Brian Cranston, incredible. Walter White. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Hey. What's my name? What's say my name? <laughs> well, we got a little bit of Batman in there. Did you, did you did you just snort, Joe? Did I just hear a snort out of you? Nope, sure didn't. I, 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 I thought you laughed and snorted. I always call out the snorters. Oh man, this game. <laughs> Why? Why not? <laughs> Fun. Life coaching. How do you get into life coaching? Do you go to school for it? Is it knowledge that you've had throughout your life? I mean. There, there's certifications now. There's certifications for life coach. I, I don't have one. I have a, a bachelor's of uh, communications from the University of Wisconsin. But I was, you know, I was a camp director from the time I was a kid at the camp that I got molested at that I, I bought when I was 23 years old. My wife and I got married there. Then we bought the place. How much and was the camp? Let's hear about that. How much did it cost? Yeah. $350,000 in 1984. 1984. Yeah. 350K. Wow. And then we sold it for 1.35 mil 14 years later. That was good. And the camp's been sold one, one more time since we sold it. And, and uh, my friend Steve, he, he made a, a nice profit after running it for 17 years. And it's still, it's still operating. They didn't operate this summer because of COVID. Some camps did. But uh, that, that my, my old camp chose not to, unfortunately. Are you but talking about Crystal Lake? Pardon me? Crystal Lake? What? Crystal Lake. the camp? No, it's Cam Caminomini. Hey, you never watched the movies place. Friday the Thirteenth? You ever watched them? I never did Friday the. I, I don't do scary movies. I don't. I don't like the scary movies. I like. I don't like fiction. I just like I, the real life's interesting enough to me. I'm. I'm all about the, the history. You just something has to be plausible. Stuff. Something has to be plausible. My favorite show of all time is Deadwood, based on the founding of Deadwood, South Dakota. 
Uh, my next favorite show is The Sopranos, based on the mob. Uh, of course, they're both fictionalized, but they're both plausible. And uh, real life is actually much more interesting than anything you could make up. That's for sure. I mean, what about the seal, though? What? The shield. You never watched I, I, it? I, I, I never watched the shield. I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Eastbound right. and down? Amazing show. Eastbound and down, I watched a little bit. Oh my god. I don't gosh, watch a lot amazing. of tell I don't watch a lot of television. Uh my my buddy Bruce was after my ass for years to watch the show Billions. And I was like, Billions? Oh my god, dude, that show is unfucking believable. With Paul Giamatti. And Damian Lewis and Maggie Siff. It's, it, it is a phenomenal show. And so I, I, I finally turned it on. And I binge watched it like three seasons in like three days or something. Paul Giamatti, though, that's, that's, a, that's a guy that's just lovable, though. He, I mean, he can't even say anything bad about the game. Not in, not in this movie or this TV show, he's not. And he wasn't, and he wasn't lovable in the Howard Stern movie, that's for sure. He played the, the program director, Kenny. Remember that? Did you ever see the, the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts? Yeah, and so oh, that, kid, oh yeah. that's a great. And Paul Giamatti was not a, a great guy. Well, he 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 won an Emmy for his portrayal of John Adams. John Adams was a bastard, but he was a genius. Oh, uh, I got a question. Now that you brought up uh, Private Parts, <clears throat> I got a question that's probably on a lot of people's minds. That it's kind of maybe a little bit fucked up, like I am, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it that it takes a little bit more? You you know what I'm saying? A little bit extra. Whenever you watch porn, as you get older and older and older, you need something else. You need you need something you never seen before. I mean, it gets so crazy. You're like, man, you're erasing web pages. You're fucking history files, whatever. You're like, man, that history, I'm quick. so shamed right now. Like, why is it? <laughs> because we love variety. Oh, and we, dude. Let me tell you something. It's a rare personality. My former wife is one of them. She can just do the same thing over and over. She's got an incredible capacity for boredom. And she is a literally a creature of habit. We all are. But uh, she just could eat the same meal, drink the same wine, just do the same oh thing. Every time. But most people <sighs> like variety. So even if they love, love a filet mignon, if they had to eat that steak, every single meal the rest of their lives they would go crazy and so that's how that's how monogamy works i mean you can have the most all you need to know about how close monogamy is to monotony you ever notice how closely those two words are to each other monogamy Mono, yeah. and monotony billy joel divorced christy brinkley that's all you need to know <laughs> so no it, of course we, we want something fresh we want something new and the and but see here's the thing because pornography is considered bad, horrible, it's a sin. Then become people become obsessed <laughs> with it because they're dealing with guilt, and the guilt is is uh, manufacturing the motivation. The shame not only exists in clubs and fucking uh, dating, but it exists in your own fucking room whenever you. Yeah, not, not for me, baby. Listen, when I was at the University of Wisconsin, I was involved in a groundbreaking study on the effect of pornography on college-age guys with a guy named Dr. Ed Donnerstein. I was a research assistant. And what Donnerstein proved through his study is that porn that is mutually pleasurable, people are engaging out of their own consensual behavior, 
it actually lowers men's attitude against for, for violence against women. Now, if you show a violent image, whether it be sexual or otherwise against women, it actually increases men's propensity towards violence towards women. So mutually pleasurable lovemaking scenes, no matter what kink it happens to be, if, if everybody is into it, it actually reduces men's propensity towards violence towards women. So porn shaming is sex shaming. Porn shaming. Porn shaming is sex shaming. And in and, and, and Sex in the Pews, we're all about sex positive. We're all about removing the shame from sexuality and normalizing it. Nobody can talk about this shit. And so we we do, we go into our closets, even if we're not gay, we, we, we wanna hide. I had my, my hairstylist one time, she was cutting my hair, and I, I thought about this for, ever since I got out of religion. I've had this idea about we shouldn't own our partner's genitalia and, and, and polyamory and openness and all that stuff. I, I learned it from Adam Sherry. She's telling me that her husband, she caught her husband jerking off to porn, and she divorced him over it. And she's cutting my hair. She had a sharp implement by my neck, <laughs> and she said to me, I should be enough. And I'm thinking, no, you're not enough. And that's because your husband's healthy. And it's wow. just like porn or eating steak or, or, or a veggie burger or whatever the hell you want to eat. Or I mean, I'm sure once in a while you have something else to drink besides Miller High Life. I hope anyway. And uh, But people get used to what they get used to. But as I, I told her after she got done cutting my hair that, no, nah, honey, you're not enough. Sorry. You, you want your... You want your man to be thinking about having sex with other women because it means they're healthy. Most men get prostate cancer because they lose their libido because they're so tired of being beaten down by their women. And they they're just they're like, fuck it. I'd rather just go play golf or take a nap or watch the boob tube or whatever the fuck. Oh, man. They stop jerking off. Guys should basically be ejaculating 21 times a month in order to deal with prostate Prostate is a gland. It's a muscle. And if you don't use that muscle, it will become diseased like everything else. Boom. Oh, man. Mic drop right there. God 21 times it. a month, gentlemen. 21 times a month. Let me let me ask you a question, though. Yes, now, sir. I find it amazing that everything you say, right, you, you have it programmed in your mind that whatever I say, sex in the pew, plug this, plug that. I mean, nobody does that. Nobody gets it. Now, that's not even the question, though. It's not what, even the question at all. But my question is, though, why do I don't want to plug anything that I do? I'm just like, I don't care, but then I care. I want to make money, but then I don't. I don't want to get famous. I'm just like, I don't want to talk I don't wanna, about it. I don't want to get famous. I mean, I've been trying to get famous for a long time, and it don't seem like it's happening. I just want to make a living. I, I want to be a blessing to people. And I'm a people, too. One thing I learned about money, if you have it, then you can give it away. You can spend shit. And but whoever Frank, you know is giving away, tell them uh, tell them about me. I'll take some of that. Uh email Donald J. Trump at the White House, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue.gov or whatever the fuck it is. I'll send you some money, some shut the fuck up money. Uh, I think you do want to promote yourself, Joe. You got a great um brand. You you've got uh, a really excellent Facebook page. Uh you've got equipment. I mean, you are you are promoting yourself and uh it's just a lot of times it's just a question of organization and, and it's 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 rough to be organized especially today because we've got so much information happening it's hard to stay focused on any given thing so that's part of what i do 
as, as I said earlier, as a communication coach, the first communication is with yourself, you guys. What are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself you're not worthy of success? You're not worthy. You don't have a message. That, and, and by the way, when I first went, I, I've been coaching guys on sex and women too for years. When I went public with it, I literally had a panic attack because I was worried about what, what would people think? Well, let me tell you something, you guys. If they ain't paying your bills, who gives a shit what they're thinking? I mean, everybody that respected me as a father of six and a grandfather and a former camp owner and director, oh, he's such a good guy, or, or he's an asshole, but he ran a good camp, or whatever the fuck, they, didn't, they, never, they never referred one fucking client to me. I, I mean, I, they, they don't have to. But here I was so concerned what they thought. It wasn't benefiting me, and you can't benefit other people unless you're being benefited. And the first one you got to benefit is yourself. It's uh, Joshua Josephson. That's, that was the Lord's name. He was a good Norwegian boy. Joseph, Joshua Josephson. Yeshua, the son of Joseph, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is how the Romans eventually called him. But he, he said it great. He said, it's more blessed to give than receive. It is. is you, it you, you have it anybody that's got any kind of sexual prowess at all, they will tell you it is way more fun to give pleasure than to receive it. However... He didn't say it's not blessed to receive. It's just more blessed. It's more fun to give. And so you can't give to the capacity that you are able to if you're fucked up in your head or if you don't have money or if you're, if you're not physically healthy or whatever the fuck. So there you go. That, that, that's why, Joe. You, 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 you need some good coaching. That's <laughs> what you need. God damn. God damn. It's all I needed, right? At the end of the day, it was just great coaching. You, you, you need the truth. And the truth will not set you free. That's everything. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's not what it says. You'll know the truth. Truth is empowering. The truth is the most empowering. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Being free is a process. It's not a one-time deal. It's every goddamn day. Sometimes it's 10 minutes at a time. Sometimes I'm doing, I'm feeling great and all of a sudden I'll have some thoughts about you know, this person fucked me over or, or why is this happening or why can I go to see my beloved Chicago Cubs play baseball this summer or something like that? I'll be in a funk for a second. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Man, it's like, the same. My fucking, that's the same shit I say to myself all the time. I'm like, shut the fuck up and just keep doing whatever you're doing. Yes. You know that, that's mean? one of the most powerful things you can say to yourself besides I'm perfect, holy, righteous, sinless. And so is everybody else. And, and we and God are all one. Besides that. One of the most powerful things you can tell yourself is shut the fuck up, dude, or do that. <laughs> wow. That's shut amazing. Let me tell you something, though. I had a, a tarot card reader on the other show that we do, The Experiment, right? It's a brand new show that we do. <clears throat> we had her on the mic. Now, she said that there are people in the world that are, you know, she brought up reincarnation. She she dropped some knowledge of what she believes and whatnot. I mean, whether or not you believe it or not. But she said that there are sometimes, I mean, there's so many people out there in the world, right? Because she said that everybody just gets recycled. And the more people that we have in the world, the more people like you are around. It's like you're double, you're triple. And if you've ever come across those people, then you're just going to be like blown, Right? Now, it, it's so crazy that she said that a matter of weeks ago. Here I am talking to you, and I see a lot of myself in you. I mean, you're a white guy. You're a Jew. I mean, uh, you know, like Louis C.K. says, right? You put a little 
a little stink at it, and all of a sudden it's bad, uh, bad lingo you're throwing out there, right? That's you. <laughs> Bro, here, here, yeah, I, I don't know about reincarnation. I, I don't think it's a thing, but it might be. Who knows? I've never been there. Didn't never even got the T-shirt. But I'll tell you this: <laughs> this is I, I'm all the about the science and about logic and about rational thought. Here's scientifically, we do know this: like energy draws like energy. That we know. And so it kind of makes sense that when I reached out on the website that you found me on and here I was hawking this book, early wake up call, say I'm promoting it again. See how how I can just kind of drop it in there, Joe? All you got to do is watch the people on television doing it and just do what they're doing. My my, my, uh, son-in-law, Angel Gabriel, it's called the Angel Gabriel Music. He's got a full ride scholarship to the Savannah College of Art and Design. The guy's a musical genius. He's he's, uh, married to our oldest daughter, Hannah. They live in Savannah. They have this thing called the honeybees. And the honeybees are their eight scholarship winners. And the honeybees, there's like three American, or there's an American Idol winner and three voice contestants. And my son, I call him my son because it's not a legal thing. I love the kid. They've been together since they were 16. They have wow. Angel, Angel Gabriel. And Angel, with all these incredibly prominent, talented people, he gets all the fucking leads. And he's amazing. And during the, the pandemic, they haven't been able to perform together, so they do like a, a Zoom performance. It's, it's unbelievably well done. SCAD is an incredible school. and But he so clearly stands above the rest of the, the students who are also very skilled and talented. And I asked him and Hannah one time, I said, can't they see what you're doing? How much you're enjoying yourself and emoting and moving? Why aren't they doing that? And he's like, I don't know, Pop. I don't know. But, but Angel learned it. He wasn't always that way. I haven't always been this way, but if you guys find people that you're like, you know what, that guy on the television, he's he's doing a good job hawking his book. <clears throat> he drops it in just enough, and just <laughs> just just pay attention. People don't pay attention enough. Fucking wake up, sheeple, will you please? Jesus Christ! It's, I mean, this is it. In my opinion, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the one run we get. This is my. This is what I think. I don't know. They don't know either. But I'll tell you something. If we have to keep coming back and learning this lessons, we haven't done a very good job at all. Oh, my lessons. gosh. <laughs> Brother, I've been saying that since the beginning, man. You know, but if you, I, had, I what, but if you, if you had to come back, Joe Madness, what would you come back? I know what I would come back as. What would you come back as? You talking about the old reincarnation thing? Yeah. If you had your choice of what kind of creature you would come back as, what would it be? Oh, man, I would want to be a fucking creature. We murder them. That's what, what we do. Ah. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like to know what it feels like to have a bunch of money. I mean, it'd be nice coming out, coming back as a creature with money. I mean, that'd be nice, you know. Just hang in there. You, you never know. You might strike it rich. I want to come back as a bonobo monkey because the bonobo monkeys, all they do is have sex all day with each other, and they they solve all their problems through sex. A bonobo wow. monkey has never been seen in the wild killing another bonobo monkey. One of our guests on the show, she does a great job. She's a sexologist in California. Her name is Dr. Susie Block. And she's done a lot. HBO did a special on her about the bonobo monkeys. And eventually, I think the human species is going to evolve to be like the bonobo monkeys, where we'll just be having sweet, sweet love all the time. We won't be judging each other. There won't be competition. There'll just be cooperation. But that's it'll probably be in like, you know, I don't know, a thousand years from now. Evolution, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we are evolving. We're, We're doing better at this. Just not. I mean, you uh, think if, if if we come back to learn a lesson, no, we are. There's there's less people being killed. I told you this earlier. 
uh, from from warfare than at any time in human history. We've we've advanced. Like when we went into Iraq, as fucked up as that was, we did, we destroyed the country, but we just didn't level the country like we did to Germany and Japan. You can't do that shit anymore. We could, but we don't. Why? Because wow. mentally and morally, we've advanced. You, I got a question, you, Noel. I got a okay. question for you about what you dropped about your uh, your daughter and her husband or fiance that's been together for a while. No, they're, they're they've been married for um, going almost on seven years now. They've been together sixteen years. They are, are uh, since they were sixteen. They've never been with another person besides each other. Incredible for a guy that promotes. Uh, Does that blow your mind, though? Harvey? Does it blow your mind? No, it's amazing. I, but I tell them it's really mean, their relationship, because it's people really see their relationship <laughs> because they think, well, I, you know, Angel and Hannah have it. My, my folks have been together for 67 years. Bob and Eileen have it. That's possible. Nope. That's, they are the weird ones. The normal ones are the people that wow. are having problems. I mean, it's very, very rare. But that's why I did the episode on a potentially long-term successful relationship in 2020. Things were different. When my folks got married, and and Hannah and Angel are just very unique cats. I mean, they just, I mean, it's just, but it's possible. I mean, my, my son Judah and his wife Candace seem like they got it going on. They're, they're the parents you of our two grandkids. You named your son Judah? Judah. Judah Klein, man. So very wow. funny. He's always in my mind. Judah, Judah Klein. Judah. There, were no, there were no Judas. Now there's Judas everywhere. We, we had no Judas. People said, you named your kid Judas? <laughs> no, <laughs> although Judas's name was Judah. No, Judah. Judah. He hated his name when he was a kid. He changed his name for because it's so unique. He changed his name for to Jay for a while, but then he realized, kind of like Madonna or Cher or gonna uh, run with it, right? Or LeBron. That when you say Judah in this community, there was only one Judah, and then he, he embraced it, and he just what what a man he is. He's he, he's a, what we call him the tribe of mensch. He is a tremendous human being. Let me tell you son. about something I love to do on the Joe Madden show. I got this skit, right? This bit. I don't know what a segment, a show that I do that's part of the show, right? It's called The Angry Listener. Yeah, that's what you I were did a little bit you, of you, were, you were filling that or trying to fill that with uh, when I was. Yeah, I mean, a little problem. bit. I mean, I was just kind of blowing some time, but, you know, it, it takes a lot out of me, man, just to sit here and listen to podcasts. That essentially fucking suck like you. I don't I don't watch movies. I don't I don't watch fucking TV. I don't do any of that. I spend all my time on this shit because I fucking believe in it. Now yeah, I came up it. with this it's years ago. Right? I came at you know what years ago? I came up with it this year. I used to do it on on the podcasting groups, and I would listen to the podcast and I would just be like, Hey, I'm just another guy listening, and I got really into it. Sometimes I drink a little bit too much. And I would just shit on them. I would let them have it, and they fucking loved it. I mean, why do you think that is? Though? Why do you pe why why do people love it when you shit on them? What is it? They're crying inside, though, right? They gotta be a little bit. Well, it it depends. You know, you know who Don Rickles is. Yeah, Don Rickles was one of the great comedic geniuses of all time, and the most famous people in the world would, and then just normal people would come just to be shit on by Don Rickles. But Don Rickles really was a very warm guy. He was a very off stage, and people um, that can laugh at themselves that speaks of confidence. This is one of the problems that Trump has. He can't laugh at himself. He's not, he doesn't have any self-deprecating humor Torture. in him at all. And so that's that one, one of the people. People love attention too. 
So even if you're ripping me a new asshole, at least you're paying attention to me. That Trump does have. He doesn't mind when the New York Times or MSNBC or Washington Post rip a new asshole as long as they're talking about him because he's such a goddamn narcissist. So a lot of people are attention whores. They just want the attention, good, bad, or the ugly. It doesn't make a difference to them. That's why. Man, I, I love doing it, though, man. I, I feel bad <laughs> about it. I, I've heard my girlfriend, she hates it. She's like, you're so mean. And I'm like, this is what these people want. They want people to listen to this fucking show. That's what they want. And, I mean, you got a consensus about maybe 50-50, right? Some of them get it. And the other ones don't get it, though. It's a fucking show, man. It's a right. show. Right. You don't have to watch. If you don't like it, turn it off. Yeah, I, I fucking love doing it. I, I figure, you know, there's a market out there for it. And, I mean, whether people hate it or they love it. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, you know, some time. people get it. Other people are just going to be like, man, that guy's really mean. But am I really mean, though? Yeah, I mean, you, I, don't, you don't seem like me, Joe Green. You seem like Joe Madden. It's so close to Joe Madden. You know who Joe Madden is? Oh, yeah, the, the fucking, the, the guy with all the video games, the guy that's no. famous as broadcast. <laughs> no, that, no, that was uh, um, John. Um, oh, yeah, it was John Madden. Yeah, yeah, no, right. No, no, it was, what was, was no, it wasn't John. Was it Madden? It was John, yeah, Madden. Uh, the, the John Madden, not Joe Madden. Joe Madden was, is now the, the manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, was the manager of my Tampa Bay Rays, and then left the Rays and went to the Cubs. That was my boyhood team. See this? Hold on. You see that? There. There's oh, my there you Chicago go. Cubs tattoo after they won the World Series for the, the first Cubs. time in 2016. They won for the first time in 108 years. Joe Madden was the manager of the Cubs. It was unbelievable. Time my, just son, flies. My, my son Joe, another Joe, uh, was at the game in, in Cleveland Game Seven. So when when I started hearing Joe Madden, immediately I was thinking of Joe Madden, and it has such a Joe Madden is an amazing man. He's an incredible manager. He, he's a camp director. He's a life coach as a baseball manager. And uh, I love that guy. So I, when I heard Joe Madness, I was like, oh, it's close to Joe Madden. I'm going to like that guy. <laughs> Man, that's you're, crazy. Yeah, you're a like sweetheart. You're, you're, just together, a big, yeah. you're just a big, fluffy, bearded sweet, sweetheart, aren't you? That's hey, you I know, I, I, love, uh, I love doing stuff outside of this podcasting thing, you know. But I understand as well as anybody, though, that not everybody's going to make it. You know, there's a lot of awful shows out there, <laughs> and they need to get exposed. Dude, there's, there's, there's like 700,000 podcasts. Too many. Wide. Yeah. Too well, many. So, you know, it's, it, every industry starts this way. There were dozens of automobile manufacturers. You, you ever hear of Studebaker? And oh, now yeah. there's like three. I mean, it's just that this is how the, the, the cream always rise to the top. And uh, so, you know, I mean, Sex and the Pews, we're, we're in the top 20% worldwide. A podcast. We're just we're in forty countries. We've got over forty thousand downloads, over a million hits on our site. And my original partner was like, "We can't talk like this. Nobody's going to listen." I said, "We don't need everybody to listen. We just need like a half a million people worldwide. We'll be fine." And that's where we're headed. So it's fun. It's organized fun with a purpose, Joe. Just like man, man, that is fucking beautiful, man. I mean, I gotta ask though. I got. I mean, I, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't ask you this fucking question. Are you going to invite me on your show? Because uh, if you can uh, plug this goddamn show, I mean, I will absolutely one hundred percent have you in the pews. One hundred percent. Woo, man! Yeah. look at that. But That's I'm going beautiful. on vacation. I'm going to the lake house. We still have our lake house across from the summer camp in uh, northern Wisconsin. So I'm I'm shutting it down. I'm going off social media. 
uh, starting Sunday. So you got to do it. And then I'm just shutting it down. I'm, I'm literally going to just post a picture gone fishing. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, I don't fish, but I'm going to, I'm going to have just fun reading and watching the loons on the lake and going to my favorite bars of the Thunderbird and, and Pitlick Sand Beach Resort and just fucking chill. I'm going with Joe and Judah. And we're just going to be on our house. And, and uh, it, the, our house is called Ida Joe, which is named after my grandparents. And my wife, I still call her my wife, but my former wife, Dawn, just did an amazing job rehabbing the place. And so I'm shutting it down. But after that, Joe Madness will be in the pews. Unless we die first, or I die, or you die. Man, that, that sounds amazing. I mean, let me ask you a question, though. I've I've always wanted to die, right? Like, I've almost gotten ran over by a bus a million times, probably literally, right? Because my car don't work. And I walked around, almost died. We've got <laughs> a lot of conflicts with people. And I smoke, I drink, and I'm like, there is nothing fucking wrong with me. And yet there are children dying. There are people dying in their 20s. And I'm like, why? Why am I still alive? Why am I supposed to be here? Who the hell it's knows? a crazy question. Nobody knows. <clears throat> Nobody knows the answer. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, that um, why, the question why is the only question that will blind your eye. In other words, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, why? If you don't want to see straight, ask, why is the sky blue? Why do we see the sky? We don't, the sky's not blue, but we see it as blue. Why is, are we rotating on an axis? Who the fuck knows? I'll, God knows, I think. But, but, but God is not doing shit anymore. That's the mistake that religion has made. People pray, oh, God, please do this. Do fucking this. Do fucking that. God's done. That's the new covenant. That's the new way. God was like, I did crazy ass shit, like create universes and create two genders and sex and floods. That should and all be this. enough, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, but he's like, I'm done. Now I'm coming inside you guys. I'm going from being an outside God. I'm going to reside in every human heart. Now you guys do some shit. I don't know why. It's just, you can't be genetics. I'll tell you that. My, my grandparents on both sides of my family, and I'm talking about 30, 40, 50 years ago, lived till they were in their 80s and 90s, and they smoked and drank and chewed, and they hung around with girls that do. That's that, that's that's my life. I smoke, drink, and chew, and hang around with girls that do, and I just just rhymes. Yeah, yeah you got to do it, and, and it's fun. Kind of forced into it. I mean, it rhymes. That's that's the only logical reason behind it. Yeah, <laughs> it you rhymes know it's, and it's, it's funny. logical. Yeah, it rhymes and it's funny. All right, so we're gonna go and kill the show. Uh, drop your plugs. I mean, whatever you want to say. No, just you guys just go to coachglunkline.com. Everything's there on exactly. the screen. Or, or, or sexinthepews.com and just let me know what you want. Here, here's why I'm going to uh, end on a deep note, Joe. We were talking about earlier on the first half of the show that, that people are just depressed and they're suicidal. Yep. 10% of all Americans are thinking about killing themselves. 25% of young people. If Let, let me just tell you, if, if nothing else from this show, if you're thinking about it, it's just a manifestation of your brain not functioning properly. This is the most important organ of the body between our ears. If you're thinking about it, it's sending you a signal that things are not functioning. Malf- I, I had suicidal ideation for decades. I don't have it anymore. And if I ever do have a thought, I know eh, something's, I got to tweak something. Call somebody. Before you do something that is permanent, just call somebody. Call the suicide hotline. Call a friend. Call me. I gave them my self number. It's, it's available on the websites, but it's 813 363 
9545. If I don't pick up, I will call you back just to talk to you. I once had a guy call on my podcast. We had one of the first podcasts ever in uh, 2006 uh, called The Gospel Revolution. We had a, It was a live show like this one. And the guy called us from California. Ron from California, he said he was going to kill himself. Wow. Yeah, That's you ever deep. had that one yet, Joe Madness? Nope, never so we, we So I was like, oh, Ron from California wants to His father had killed himself. His brothers had killed themselves, his uncles. And he just thought it was the will of God for him to kill himself. But no, he just had a <clears> malfunction, <throat> a genetically predisposed malfunction, a mental illness. And so my... Uh, Co-host and I, his name is Mike Williams. I talked about him earlier. We yeah. just talked to Ron for about a half an hour. And what we always tell people is the best advice is just follow your heart. And and Ron had heard us say that when people were thinking about, should they leave their church? Should they marry? Should they move? What kind of job? Just follow your heart. You can never go wrong following your heart. Because even if you're misinterpreting, your heart knows. But even from your heart to where we live, our brains, if it is a misinterpretation, by going down a wrong road, listening to your heart kind of proves that it's got the power to get you back on a more effective road. And so at the end, we just talked around. We told him that there was no hell. There is no hell. Not, there's not even a hell in the Bible, for Christ's sake. And, there, and, and, and God's not pissed. God's not pissed about anything anymore. He's, he's at peace. And uh, follow your Makes heart. Sense. We, said, we said, Ron, follow your heart. And then we hung up, and then we needed to get a shot of whiskey or something after that. As you can imagine, I mean, literally, we thought a gunshot might go off at any time. And wow. so this was pre-Facebook and pre-being able to really track people down. The internet obviously was happening, but we never heard from him for weeks. And, of course, wondering, did the guy off himself? And then about six weeks later, my producer said, Ron from California is on the phone. And I said, dude. <laughs> You're here. I'm so happy to hear from you. He said, yeah. He said, I really heard what you had to say. He, and he said, um, I decided not to kill myself just because of my kids and my grandkids. I said, I, I, I understand that God's not pissed. I wouldn't go to hell. He said, but you gained a lot of credibility with me, Glenn. I said, how's that? He said, here I was thinking about killing myself. And you gave the same suggestion. You gave people thinking about what job to take or what city to live in. He said, follow your heart. And he said, I followed my heart. And I didn't kill myself. So then we didn't hear from the guy for six years. Damn. And, but he was listening all the time. We just didn't know it. And then six years later, he called us back. And I said, dude, I like tell the story like a couple times a year. He goes, yeah. I said, am I telling it accurately? He goes, yep. Except one time he called me Bob from California. <laughs> I said, well, that's pretty good. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, Ron from California, if you hear this, uh, we love you and uh, hope you're doing well. Follow your heart. Follow your heart, and and if you're thinking about killing yourself before you do, call somebody. It's it, it's it's wow. you're not a bad you're not a bad person if you're thinking about it. You're not even a bad person if you do it. People say, oh, they're so selfish. No, they're not. So, I have a friend. I have no. I know so many people who succumb to suicide. So many, and one is a daughter. Very good friends of mine, and she had massive past po uh, postpartum depression after she gave birth. She thought she was doing the loving thing by killing herself because she thought that she was going to hurt her daughters because her brain wasn't functioning properly. P people that are that commit suicide aren't selfish. They're just sick. They're mentally ill. If that's do you guys, it's no different than having a heart disease or having arthritis or having a skin condition. You have psoriasis. You've got a brain issue. 
This is the most important organ in the body. Talk to somebody. Call me. If you got a, if, if you got nothing else, call me. I will take the call or I'll call you back. 813-363-9545. I'm done. Who does that? Nobody else but this guy, right? Uh, that's not true. But go ahead. <laughs> your, your fucking phone must be blowing up all the time. You, be, you know what? You'd be surprised. People, they, most people don't want to deal with their shit. And one thing I always tell my clients, if I don't piss you off at some point, I'm not doing my job because coaches got to tell it like it is. And a broadcaster, a, a honest broadcaster, a podcaster has to say what they think, even if it's unpopular or that it might get people pissed off and turn off the show. Cause I gotta, I gotta look myself in the mirror every day, Joe, as, as rough as it is sometimes. You gotta do it, man. Yeah. Gotta own it. You gotta own everything that you say. You gotta own your life. Your product. You got to own your shit. Sometimes you got to take your medicine, man. Sometimes you just got to say, I was wrong. Sorry. Love you. Coach Glenn Klein on the mic on the Joe Madness show. It's been an awesome fucking show. Joe, thank you so much. Man, I really appreciate you being on, man. I I didn't know what to think. You told my life coaches, probably most of them are full of shit. No, I don't say that. that, one, One thing's for sure. They care about people or they wouldn't do it. Man, I don't know what people care about. People are silly, but you're a genuine guy. I respect that. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to say before we kill the stream? Anything else? Love you, people, and shalom, everybody. This has been the world-renowned Joe Madness Show. We're out, bitches.